I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Brad Kepler. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. And as promised, we're passing the mic once again to kick off part two of Teresa Carlson's special mini series. And here's Teresa, Vice President of the Worldwide Public Sector at Amazon Web Services. If you missed our last episode, check back in the archives to listen to Mission Critical Cloud, a chat with AWS leaders. We covered how customers around the world are thinking big and moving fast to create innovative solutions to continually deliver on their missions, no matter the circumstances. Today, we're diving into all things remote education with interviews ranging from a K-12 district in the United States to an online university in Canada and ending with a global learning company. We set out to understand what the unique challenges are facing education customers and how cloud computing is helping them deliver for students and educators every day. And I'm so happy to welcome Ann Merrihue. Ann is a director with our education business at AWS. She's gonna help me guest host this episode. Ann, what are some of the common themes that you've seen emerge? The challenges facing schools around the world have changed. For example, the government of Jordan was able to meet their remote education goals through a collaboration with Madu3.com, which is the largest Arabic language platform in the world. And then darsic.gov.jo, that's an e-learning platform that was built in just a week, and it provides no-cost lessons in both Arabic and English for over 2 million public school students, grades K through 12. They've seen more than 35 million views of classes. Millions of Israeli students now have access to their coursework remotely to provide continuity for 1.8 million students across the country with live streaming. And, And these are just two examples of many. Technology like cloud computing has helped school districts around the world to think big and to move fast on meeting student needs. We sat down with Dr. David Baca, Chief of Schools of the Los Angeles Unified School District. LAUSD in California is the second largest public school district in the United States. In a matter of days, LAUSD was able to stand up call centers using Amazon Connect. Agents have handled over 48,000 incoming calls. Here's Ray with Dr. Baca. We serve almost 700,000 students with about 70,000 employees. We cover about 710 square miles English and 99 languages are spoken in our district. We're spread out into six local districts and I serve each of those local district superintendents, meet with them, uh, strategize around graduation rates, our student test scores on our state summative tests. I'm focused on student learning, making sure that we're continuing to progress as a district Schools and public schools especially are really the cornerstone of our communities and of our society. And what are some of the other things that you're doing to meet students' needs now, like delivering meals or making sure that there is food for families who need it? Yes. So we quickly realized that not only were we going to need to be able to continue providing meals to our students, but that we were going to need to be able to provide meals to adults as well. That was an unmet need, and we needed to really be agile and respond to that need. And we put together these food distribution centers, and the demand was just overwhelming. The need is there. Folks are relying on our schools for the very basics for food. 
not to mention continuing learning. So that was really profound. And we were super proud to be able to respond in, in such a manner. And with California's social distancing requirements, you've recently shifted to a remote learning model for all students. What does that look like for a district of your size? I mean, there must be, of course, so much planning that goes into this kind of change, which seemingly happened overnight. How has LAUSD provided a sense of continuity for its students through all of this? Gosh, this is truly building the plane while flying it. Our teachers continue to teach every day in ways they never would have imagined a few months ago. And our students are doing their very best to continue to learn. Some are in crowded conditions and with families facing real hardships. This has been tough, but super proud of the perseverance and grit that, again, everybody has really displayed during this time. Sometimes we don't think about all of the different ways that schools really integrate in our everyday life. And it's so much more than just making sure the kids are safe and learning, but also nourished in so many different aspects. And mental health is a crucial component to the story. We have to make sure kids are in the right mindset to process all these changes that are happening. And that really helps set them up for success when they're learning and trying to continue to advance in their classes. Can you share more about some of the hotlines that LAUSD has stood up using Amazon Connect and what role they're playing in helping the district to address the needs of students, parents, and teachers? Back in March, we had to make the tough decision to put safety first and close our campuses. We put together a COVID-19 help hotline. So that's really where Amazon Web Services stepped in and helped establish a cloud-based call center for Los Angeles Unified. It started really with that general COVID-19 hotline. What we quickly realized, to your point, was that we also needed a separate mental health hotline based on the need. We now have a mental health hotline that provides psychological first aid to students, families, employees, anybody who needs it to manage the fear, anxiety, and other challenges related to COVID-19. So inspiring to hear about how LAUSD is thinking about and serving the whole student, not just thinking about the grades and because there are so many other things that feed up into that, right, and their success. Our hotlines are averaging about a thousand calls per day. So our mental health hotline, we have 20 to 25 clinicians and three administrators who staff the hotline each day. It's 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. And the calls are for people, some seeking resources, um, health care, health insurance, how to access the food banks, but some are for mental health issues such as depression because of isolation or overcrowding, anxiety due to job loss. What our counselors try to do is to get callers to verbalize their feelings and provide some coping strategies. So we've spent a lot of time now talking about the student and parent side of the equation, but also just as importantly are the educators, the teachers. How are teachers using technology now to not only meet the challenges of shifting from traditional classrooms to remote learning, but also to take this time to innovate and create and imagine new ways to teach students across LAUSD? Yes, thanks so much for shining the spotlight on our teachers, which is exactly where it should be. Our teachers, again, are just incredible. The way that they're continuing to support students and families every day is nothing short of inspiring. Early on, 
after we had shifted to distance learning, I had a conversation with uh, a French teacher from Bell High School, and she was saying how she was not someone who was tech savvy, and then quickly listed all of the new things she had learned and all the new platforms that she was trying out. She had set up virtual field trips for her students to the Louvre and was talking about learning screencasting and all of these different ways to engage students. I'm really hopeful, not only by what our students bring, but about how all of this learning is going to pay off in the future. We launched something called a Future Ready Certification, which is optional, but 30 additional hours of training virtual and online learning. And the response was overwhelming. Over half of our teachers signed up for this new Future Ready certification. You know, a lot of the new platforms we're using are able to personalize the content for students. So it can zero in on what their needs are, what their reading level might be, or specifically what content that they have not yet mastered. So we're looking beyond where we're at right now to how this can really accelerate student achievement and and close opportunity gaps for kids. Every single one of our students will have a device for the first time ever in in Los Angeles Unified. They'll have a laptop or a tablet, and that's going to pay off in the future. So again, we're incredibly hopeful. Taking care of our students' mental health during this time is critical to their success. Standing up call centers with Amazon Connect to help meet this need provided LAUSD with a fast, flexible way to make sure students' needs were not overlooked. Our next interview heads up north to Canada, where we chatted with Jennifer Schaefer, Vice President of IT and the Chief Information Officer at Athabasca University. Athabasca University is Canada's only 100% open and online digital university. After the staff switched to remote work, AU had its own challenge, making sure that more than 180 staff members were set up to work remotely for the first time. Here's Ray chatting with Jennifer. Today we have over 42,000 students and 86,000 registrants annually taking courses, they're taking upskilling development, professional development, and they're taking degrees anywhere from bachelor's level all the way up to PhDs. All of that 100% online. Athabasca has truly evolved over the past few decades and has embraced technology as a new way to democratize education and bring it to people wherever they may be. And that's something that many schools and universities are now shifting to. COVID-19 has made remote learning a necessity for schools and universities around the world. And not all were set up with the intention of educating remotely, but Athabasca was uniquely positioned to handle this shift. Can you tell me a little bit more about some of the challenges the university has seen from COVID-19 and how you are able to handle them? Our students are already in every province, every territory in 87 countries. So we remained business as usual to our students this entire time that we've been handling COVID-19. So our students did not experience a disruption to the way they took the courses and exams online already. But we had about 180 of our staff who were, I would call them career office workers. They're always used to going into an office. 
So for those folks, we, especially uh, IT, we needed to move fast to keep the back office of our business operating for our students. And we got about 180 of our machines that were either returned, retired, or surplus. We wiped them all down. We loaded up an operating system and we installed workspaces on them. We installed it in such a way that it was completely secure. And we got that all out to them across the province and mailed out if we needed to in four days, which was remarkable. So super quickly and really provided that continuity for students and also for your own staff, which is something that's really hard to imagine to have been possible without the cloud previously. Absolutely. Because we had already moved over 900 of our online courses to our AU cloud that's powered by AWS, our students were not going to see impact there interfacing with the courses. Our concern was was with our back office and our front office operations, where if we had not moved key aspects of that to the cloud and given folks workspaces, we would have had a lot of trouble with them trying to get in to do their back office, front office operational activities because we would have still been on premise in ways that would have perhaps been difficult to even reach because we've had lots of internet connectivity issues as everyone has globally. Yeah, one of the things that you just brought up is security, which is so important. With COVID-19 came a lot of malicious attacks across the public sector. Can you tell me more about how migrating to the cloud has really helped you to meet the university's security needs and simplified some of the workflows for your team? Right. Well, there's two pieces to that. There's the digital security issues and there's the physical security issues. So the physical security issues have become uh, more of a challenge for everybody up in northern Alberta in the boreal forest, which is where Athabasca uh, University campus buildings are located, because obviously we have to evacuate when there are uh, wildfire scares. It's really become important that we actually not have on-premise in a location where uh, we may have real challenges if wildfire breaks. So that's the physical security part. On the cybersecurity perspective, like all public sector in U.S. and Canada, we saw rises in uh, attempts and attacks. So we're in the middle right now of rapid cloud migration of all of our assets fully into our AU cloud that's powered by AWS by the end of July 2020. In the midst of that, with COVID coming on, we immediately reached out to our AWS partners to ensure that we were applying some very specific uh, security architecture parameters on the cyber of the shared security model that we own. And so we've worked that now into the rapid cloud migration planning. But now I'm way more confident that we'll be in a very, very secure place. And that security is not something we ever had in the on-premise environment. Athabasca is in the process of migrating entirely into the AWS cloud. So going all in is not a small decision. Can you tell us more about why it's important to Athabasca to switch to being cloud first in everything new that you're going to do? And how will this help you to serve students, scale and reach your other goals? It really has been part of our strategic vision in order to grow our online population to serve all of the remote and rural learners that we can possibly access in Canada and the world. We knew that we had to be cloud first. We've been able to actually save quite a bit, and we're tracking this in a, in a business case, around what we would spend on, you know, what I call the blinky lights headaches, the constant equipment swap outs, the upgrades, the managing dozens of, and sometimes way more than dozens of images, patches, 
All of that goes away in a secure architecture that we build in our AU cloud. But at the same time, it gets us to a new, what I call 2020 IT level that now allows our professors who are constantly innovating to do so much more rapidly with now all kinds of tools, especially in the artificial intelligence and machine learning space that they can apply to the learning experiences that they wish to embark on with their students. And so when you harmonize the back end of a fully online university in this way and you secure it, not only is it um, better for the student experience, it's also better for the innovation and creativity of your professors as they become familiar with what they can do now that they're fully cloud enabled in a way that they could never do uh, when they had whatever make and model of server under their desk that they were trying to access the network with. As other universities and schools are shifting to an online format, teaching, of course, involves so much more than simply turning on a video camera and then hoping the students learn and hoping that the teachers are able to connect with students on the other side. What wisdom or lessons learned would you have to share with others? What is Athabasca's philosophy on teaching students remotely? And how will the cloud help you to reach all of those goals in the future? Athabasca's philosophy is dedicated to the removal of any of those barriers that restrict access to university-level study or restrict success in university-level study. And we are passionate about increasing that equality of educational opportunity for adult learners worldwide. What's important now, especially with the advent of 5G, is that we get our education out there in every corner, no matter how remote, no matter how rural. That is what the cloud really helps us to do at scale in a way that we could never do ourselves. We simply, we're simply we public sector, we're taxpayer funded. That is not an area where we have the cash to build the incredible innovation of um, CDNs and regions around the world like AWS has, but we can leverage it for the greater good The last piece that's really important to us and is sort of the first piece of the next generation of learning is reaching into places that have no internet and no electricity so that they can welcome the university level education into their home. That's where we wanna go next. And that's a big ambitious goal, but uh, we feel that it's the next step forward in the future of democratization of education to all citizens, regardless of where they live in the world. Okay, so we've looked at some of the unique challenges facing K-12 and higher education and getting set up to learn and educate remotely. These two conversations really got us thinking. What are the other tools available for students and educators that allow for flexible instruction and learning anywhere, anytime? Being able to meet students where they are with supplemental help, additional resources, test prep, and interactive solutions makes education more accessible and also more enjoyable. Pearson is more than 170 years old. They have many different tools and platforms to support students. Ray sat down with Andrew Gilfillan, Vice President of Product Management at Pearson. You've been with Pearson for just about 20 years now, and the types of products that Pearson offers have, of course, changed over the last two decades as technology has evolved. So can you tell me a little bit more about Pearson's mission in your own words, and specifically talk about what role you see technology like the cloud playing in helping Pearson to deliver on its mission and innovate on behalf of students and educators? We have a saying at Pearson that where learning flourishes, so do people. 
at the heart of what we do is trying to help students and help educators have more of their best days. And so for a student, that may mean helping them progress through their coursework on their way to getting a degree or helping them get the skills that they need or the qualifications or certifications that they need to get a job. And for an educator, it means helping them have more effective and engaging classes, helping them engage their students more, helping them have better insights into what their students are doing and where their students may be struggling. Technology really enables us to do a lot of things that we couldn't do when I first started in this business. What are some of the unique challenges Pearson has seen in this time? Because you are a global company and you're reaching students all over the world. How are you meeting the challenges head on? And are you working with any universities or school districts to help them bridge the gap from classroom to remote learning? Absolutely. So millions of students and thousands of educators had to move entirely online in a matter of weeks and in some cases, days. At Pearson, we decided to focus on where we felt like we were uniquely qualified to bring some expertise and assistance to both learners and educators in making that move to online learning. We focused on three key areas. The first was just helping educators move their courses online. We created an online learning hub where we posted videos, we posted best practices, we posted tips. And to date, we have over 800,000 visitors to that site just in a matter of the, the last few weeks. The second thing that we did was recognize that students may not have access to all of their course materials. So we, we offered 90-day trial access to most of our courseware products to help students make it through the end of the semester if needed. And we also opened up our library of e-texts across the entire catalog of our, of our higher ed titles. The third thing that we did is we thought about what we could really bring to bear in terms of helping students understand what was happening in the world around them. And so we pulled together some of our best authors and paired them up with students and created a, an unwritten webinar series where students interviewed authors around topics related to COVID. At Pearson, we have access to some of the world's greatest minds through our author community, and they're at the bedrock of what we do. And so not only did we want to help our educators and learners move their courses online, we also wanted to bring to them new opportunities for learning in real time in context of what was happening in the world around them. When you think about a traditional classroom, it's easy for a teacher to spot a student who might not be paying attention. But when students are learning remotely, what are the mechanisms that are in place to make sure that they're actually absorbing the content, paying attention and engaging with it? We're investing a lot in analytics around our products, which will allow educators to see where students are performing well or where they're struggling and give them insights earlier into the learning process. So that way they can address where students are struggling, either individually or at a class level, rather than waiting until after an exam. Another area where technology allows us to really drive better student engagement and learning is through having more interactive assignments, interactive experiences during the learning process, immediate feedback for students so they know when they're doing well or where they need help. But it's also an opportunity for us to deliver currency. So in a printed world, we would have revision cycles every two, three, four years. In a digital world, when there are major events in the world, take COVID for an example, it allows us to really address topics in real time and then lastly, there's analytics for us as product developers that allow us to really understand where students are doing their best and where they're struggling so we can improve our products over time. 
So students today really grew up with access to the internet and computers and laptops of their own and phones and tablets and everything else. And they are accustomed to having on-demand access to content, including educational content. What are some of the products Pearson has that really allows students to engage anywhere, anytime with their course material? One of the products that my team works on is called Revel, which is a fully digital interactive learning environment that replaces the traditional textbook. It allows students to read, to practice, to study in one continuous experience. It allows us to give them immediate feedback. It allows us to give insights to the educator around where students may be struggling so an educator can intervene to support that student. And another another example is Pearson eText, which is a lighter weight textbook replacement, but really focuses on the digital reading experience. Both Revel and Pearson eText were developed with mobile as a critical component to what they are, recognizing that students are on the go. Something that we think a lot about here at AWS is access, and not just for students who may have different learning needs, but also access in the sense of how students can interact with and engage with the content, even if they're in very remote parts of the world. What are some of the features embedded into your products that aim to improve access? When I think about access, I think about how do we reach students where they are? So they need to be able to access their learning materials, whether they're on a phone, a tablet, a computer, or, or anywhere else. Secondly, our products need to be affordable for students. Education, the cost of education has been rising dramatically over the last few decades. And so we've tried to create a suite of products that give students a variety of choices, whether it's full-on assessment products, or if it's really just, just ebook products that are, that are simple and affordable. With voice technology, it opens up a whole new opportunity for students. There's a, a story that I like to tell about a student who participated in an early pilot of the Alexa skill for Revel, carrying a full course load, had a family at home and a full-time job. And so she used Alexa as a way to listen to her assignments while she was either commuting or preparing a meal or maybe between classes on campus. And leveraging Alexa paired with Revel enabled her to really fit her learning into her otherwise very busy schedule and achieve a lot of goals that she had for herself. And so that was a really exciting story. And it was the beginning of what we believe is a great opportunity to find new ways to reach students that are only really available in a digital world. If you've enjoyed today's conversations and you want to learn more about the work AWS does with public sector around the world, register for the upcoming AWS Public Sector Summit online happening on June the 30th, 2020. This is a fully virtual, no-cost online summit, and registration is now open. We're building an experience that you'll be able to access right from your own virtual office. We hope you'll join us for a day of these virtual sessions, moderated chats, and interactive experiences to help you come away with what you need. Register today at aws.amazon.com ps-summit-online. And stay tuned for our next episode because we're going to be diving into how state and local government customers are using cloud computing to deliver critical services to citizens. Thank you to our guest hosts, Teresa Carlson and Ann Merrihue. And as always, a thank you to our guests, Dr. Baca, Jennifer, and Andrew. Stay connected and up to date by visiting our homepage, aws.amazon.com, to learn about all of the initiatives and programs we have in response to COVID-19. 
As always, thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe for more stories. We'll catch you on the next one.